turn of the century, a young man in Newcastle, England, had found a place to rent, and as he was being taken through the house, shown all the amenities by the agent, uh, he was taken from room to room and told about all of the niceties of the place that he was about to rent. He then said to the young man, come, come with me. And he took him up to the top loft area. There was a big window that looked out over the city. And he said, look at this. Isn't this a great view? He said, you can see so far today. But he said, on Sundays, on Sundays, you can see Durham Castle or Durham Cathedral, which was one of the largest cathedrals in Newcastle, England, right at the edge of Newcastle. And the young man looked at him kind of quizzically and he said, well, why, why on Sunday? He said, well, you can't see it the rest of the week because of the smoke. But on Sundays, it's usually clear enough that you can get a glimpse of that beautiful place. I'm thankful for Sundays that can help us get a better glimpse of Him. Amen. Now, I know you can see God on Monday and Tuesday, but sometimes a lot of smoke gets in the way. Life and business and cares and trouble, but there's something about Sundays when the breath of God's Spirit begins to blow and all of that smoke clears out and you can see beyond the veil. That's a great opportunity for all of us. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 10. Luke chapter 13, verse number 10. And he was teaching in the synagogues on the Sabbath. I told you good things happen on Sunday. Amen. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, when he saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed. Amen. Thou art loosed. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Praise God. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about when love comes calling. Amen. When love comes calling. God bless you. You may be seated. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul does a tremendous job in trying to express to the New Testament believer something of the love of God. A love that is almost beyond comprehension. And he uses, <clears throat> he uses terms that are familiar to them, 
and yet they carry such a weight of meaning that he knew that those words spoke volumes more than what uh, in the natural they could comprehend. But his endeavor was to acquaint them with the richness and the incredible awesomeness of God's love. And he talks about it as the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of love. All of those terms are worthy of your study because they speak of the extent and they speak of the broadness and the mass and the weight and the space and the elevation. Most importantly to me, they speak of love's downward reach. That no matter how low a person may get in life, there is always love that is there to help them. That there is in God a compassion and there is in God such a feeling toward you and I that no matter how far life pushes us down, it can never push us so far that His love cannot reach us. That's an awesome thing, my friend. Amen. Because life can push you. Life can bend you. It can warp you. It can affect you. Human sorrows can take you to some low places in life. But there's never a place that life can take you that love cannot find you. Amen. I'm thankful for love that has depth to it. Because I don't always reach the height. But I have certainly known some depths in my life. A failure and mistakes and things that I did not plan that took me to places I did not want to go. And yet even there, something came underneath and picked me up and held me close and said, Hey, I've got you even in the lowest places of life. I think you ought to stop a moment and clap your hands and give the Lord praise that His love is so great and it is so powerful that no matter how deep life may take me, how, no matter how it may bend me, it can never put me in a place that His love cannot lift me. And I want to talk to you for a little while about that love this morning. You see, the problem sometimes may be in the past, but what we need is a present answer. And there are people that deal with things from yesterday, and sometimes we deal with that for a long, long time in life. And all that we need is an encounter. We need a visitation. We need a word that will lift us out of our path and put us into present opportunities and present help. I believe that the Lord wants to speak 
to some of us here today that will allow us to be lifted up and loosed from some burdens that we perhaps have carried for a long, long time. Praise God. You know, it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around the condition of the woman that is depicted in our text. I don't know that any of us can really grasp the enormity and the desperation of this poor woman. She was painful to even look at. I cannot imagine life being such that over a process of time that it just keeps pushing you down, 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 down until this is your posture of life. This is how you function in life. This is what life looks like to you. I can't, I can't fathom that. It's hard for me to imagine that something could happen in a person's life that would have that kind of debilitating effect upon them. And just push, 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 push. And the posture that she now has is not something that came overnight. The Bible says that this has been going on for 18 years. Now folks, 18 years of happiness may go by in an instant. But 18 years of this... Can you imagine what it must have been like? And this is what's so amazing. Even a woman in this condition knew that her best chance was still at church. (laughs) So don't stop coming just because life's got you down. If there's any place you're going to find help or hope, it's going to be in his house. Because this means something to him. This isn't just a building that's made of metal and sheetrock and paint and texture, but it's his house. It's his place. But he chooses to come and dwell. He chooses to meet with us in this place. And something powerful can happen in a place like this. That even though it's been long standing in our life, there's something that can happen that can Lift us up. Amen. And so here is this woman, a daughter of Abraham. She's the quintessential picture of misery. Misery. Suffering. Pain. Can you imagine the debilitating effect that that position must have had on her body organs? Do you... Realize just how devastating that bent position must have, the toll that it took on her entire being, her bodily functions were affected by her position. When you read the story, it, it, it's, it's gripping. The Bible said she was bowed together. 
and could in no wise lift herself up. Now that indicates to me that this woman had evidently tried multiple times to get herself up, but she could not do it. That's a tragic place to be in when you can't lift yourself up, when you can't pull yourself back to an upright position. And it's been going on for 18 years. And if you, if you read the translations, and I do, every time I read a scripture, I go to about 10 different translations because I want to get a full picture. And when you start reading the translators and how they try to effectively describe to us this woman's condition, they say things like she was bent over. One commentator said she was bent double. Somebody said she was twisted and bent. Another said she was bent completely forward. Another said she was unable to straighten herself up. She was unable even to look up. Do you get the picture? She's in a miserable condition. Now my question is, what kind of disease could have such disastrous effects upon the human body that it would completely collapse itself against itself. That her only look was inward. Arthritis, curvature of the spine, some unknown disease of that day that would be so crippling that it would in the process of time, bend her over double. What a tragedy of any disease that would produce that kind of effect. But the fact is, it wasn't a physical malady that had put her there. It was a spiritual issue. Her outward appearance was only a mirror of an inward problem. She had been afflicted for 18 years by a spirit of infirmity. And the devil had even taken advantage of that situation and began to torment her with that condition. Now she wasn't devil possessed. I don't believe that. But she was tormented by a dark spirit. I can imagine when this is your life day in and day out the only only look you have is inward. It's debilitating. It's disabling. It's crippling. And all of those terms are used by commentators to try and describe what this thing had done in her life. The truth was that this outward appearance in her life was only a reflection of an inward problem, a spirit of infirmity. 
It was a disease of the mind and the spirit that had such a powerful effect that it made its way out into a physical appearance. I don't, this is way too deep for me this morning. I really am out of my league talking about this. But I will tell you this morning that there are battles of the mind that can have such a debilitating effect upon your life. That though when people look at you, they think you have a physical problem, but the real issue is an inward problem. What was that inward turmoil? What was that spirit that afflicted her? Was it something that had happened in her childhood or in her younger life that it had such an effect upon her that she could never get away from? Maybe it was a mistake that she made. You know, sometimes we can make mistakes in life that have that ability to bend us. And so we become introspective and we can see all of our faults and all of our flaws, but we can see nothing else. And here is a woman, a child of God, a daughter of Abraham that for 18 years is not really battling a physical problem as much as she is battling a spiritual issue that has become a physical problem. And the Lord has sent me this morning because somebody here today, you think that it's a physical issue, but the truth is it has spiritual roots. And the Lord wants to do something today to free you from that burden that has you bent over and stooped and that has such an effect upon your life that you cannot stand up and be the person God designed you to be and you cannot fulfill your purpose because there's just this pushing, this pressure that keeps you down and will not allow you to rise up. Every time you try, it just pushes you back down. Amen. The truth is, the disease of the Spirit can have greater devastating effects on us than any physical disease could ever have. A depression of mind that has so afflicted her body and her life that she's now in this bent, double over position. All because she has lost a war in her mind. She's lost a battle in her spirit. Amen. What a terrible thing. And I believe that God has sent me to somebody this morning that's struggling with some past things that you just, every time you try to get away from it, it just, it has a tendency to want to push you right back down into that same place. Every time you feel like, I'm going to get up today, it just has a way of pushing you back down. Here's what I believe the Lord wants to do for you. He wants to loose you so that there is not an inward look but an upward look. I believe that what the Lord wants to do in this place today is so free you in your spirit that instead of you going through life like this, you can go through life like this. 
And you can do it not because of your worthiness or not because of your perfection, but you can do it because love came calling to you. Love came walking into your life and said, hey, come on, I've got what it takes to put you back on your feet. Come on, let's praise him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What kind of inward issues could you be struggling with today that's affecting your life in such a negative way as it affected this woman? Could it be self-doubt? You say, that doesn't sound like much. Well, I've seen... A lot less put people down, but I don't know of anything that will put people down quicker than self-doubt. I'm not worthy. I'm a mistake. I I, I, I don't have a place in life. I, I don't belong here. I'm not worthy of this. I don't deserve this. Look at all the things that I've done. And yet the reality is God doesn't come and do anything in our life because we deserve it. He does it because we, He loves us. The reason that the Lord would even come to speak to me today is not so He can just correct me and, and, and make me aware of my mistakes, but so that He can draw me in and say, Come on, child, you're better than that. Come on, I made you for greater things than that. I created you for a higher purpose than that. You have value and worth. I made you. You are the creation of my hands. Amen. You're not a mistake. Could it be an issue of guilt? Guilt has kept people down for a long time. And here's the problem with guilt. You keep trying to go back and fix whatever that was back there, and you can't ever get that far back. You can't ever get far enough back to fix what was wrong or what happened. What you need is a present-day miracle that will just loose you from that past and say, okay, from this day forward, it's not going to affect you. It's not going to have that kind of hold on. That kind of thing can happen in the presence of God. That is not a bunch of hocus pocus. That is a reality of what the Lord can do when he steps into our life and he calls us and said, child, come here. Yeah. Amen. Guilt. Guilt. Guilt has driven people to distraction for a long time. It's been one of Satan's most powerful tools to disable people, to cripple them, to maim, to warp, to bend, so you cannot be effective. You you, you cannot fulfill your purpose. I mean, how, how difficult is it to keep house? It's impossible. How difficult is it to have relationships in life when this is the way you are all, all through yeah. How are you doing today? Huh? How's everything going? Do you understand how difficult it is to interact with people when, when these things are still having such an effect upon your life? 
And the Lord wants me to tell somebody this morning that he came today so that you could be loosed. He doesn't want that having an influence on your life another moment. I'm telling somebody that the guilt, whatever it is back there that your life is still tied to, God wants to sever that tie today and say not any longer, not from this moment forward. You are redeemed by the blood. You are purchased by my love. You are mine, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And live into what he speaks over your life. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I'll tell you something else that has an inward effect that can be devastating. And that's bitterness. Bitterness. You know what bitterness is? It's a past hurt that's never healed. And it's festered. And bitterness is the pus that eats, that comes out of that wound that's never healed. Now, you say, well, 18 years, you would think over 18 years, that would heal. It doesn't when you keep raking the scab off. It doesn't when you keep beating yourself up over it. It doesn't when you keep going back and rehearsing all of it. You know, I can tell whether people have gotten past things in their life about how they talk about it. I didn't really say that, did I? Yeah. When they talk about it in, in terms that still has them connected to it, I know they're not past it. Amen. And so bitterness has a way of getting in. You know, you get hurt. How many people in this building has never been hurt in your life? Look around. Everybody has been hurt. That's life. Life is painful. And you know what's the worst about the pain is that sometimes it's inflicted by the people that are the closest to us and the people that claim to love us the most. And because that issue didn't heal, we kept working on it. We kept rehearsing it and we kept it. Now over time it it has festered in out of that comes this, this bitterness and it rises up. I was done wrong. I was treated wrong. I, people said things they shouldn't have said. You said, Brother Hughes, why are you talking like this? Because love wants to come calling at your house today. Amen. <laughs> love wants to come calling and sever some things that have held you loose whatever that cord is that has kept you down and depressed and oppressed 
and, and suppress in your spirit. There's something that God wants to do in this place today that will sever that tie, that will loose those bands, that will allow you to stand upon your feet and look God straight in the eye and praise Him for who He is and who He created you to be. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Praise God. Well, I need to hurry on. Disabled. One translator said it kept her in sickness. It kept her in sickness. It weakened her. It bent her back. It cast her vision inward. And it took the future away from her until that Sunday when the smoke cleared. Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah. And the Lord saw her. Now, my question is, in a room full of people, if a woman is bent in two, she's she's, she's pretty short. How can you be seen in a crowd like was at the synagogue on that day? I don't know, but I know he sees. Oh, yeah. And somehow I feel like perhaps that when she came, this was her thought processes. Nobody will see me today. Nobody will know anything about me today. And perhaps she even knew he was in the synagogue. But her thought processes were, he'll never see me in my condition. He'll never see me in this place. And yet the reality is that he did. He did. Woo! Wow. Man, I feel the spirit of the Lord here right now. He did. He saw her. Because I feel like he came looking for her. He came looking for somebody he could help. And he sees this woman. And it's obvious that he is moved with compassion. And he calls her. She doesn't ask for it. She doesn't. You know, when you can be sick long enough, you just quit praying about it. You quit asking God to help you. And after 18 years, there were no requests, there was no petition, there were no prayers. She was just there. But even when you don't know how to open your mouth and ask for help, God knows how to come and give you the help that you need when you need it. And so he looks at her and he calls her and said, woman, come forth. He doesn't even call her by name, he just says, woman, Now, that's not a derogatory statement in the Greek. It was a term of endearment. He was identifying her as his creation. Woman, thou art loosed. 
yes. Now, now many times God speaks things that are before they actually come to pass. He spoke it. She still bent down. But then he reached over and he laid his hand on her. And when they had that encounter, it didn't take her 10 seconds. It didn't take her 18 seconds. It didn't take her 18 hours. The Bible said immediately, immediately. You see, God has the power in a touch to cut stuff away from me that's been dogging me for years, that's been following in my tracks for years. God has the power to do something in my past that will free me into my present and make me what? Oh, somebody hear me this morning. Somebody listen to the word of the Lord this morning. He said, I want to loose you. Hallelujah. Thou art loosed. I'm going to tell you something. There is power in the word of the Lord. You can debate mine. You can argue about what my words have the ability to do, but you can never argue over what the word of God has the ability to do. That when God says, let there be there is going to be when he said I declare it it's going to come to pass if he said woman thou art loose he meant immediately not next week not next month not in a year from now not after you go through rehab but right now God has the power to sever Come on, stand to your feet. I, I got to stop. <laughs> whatever has been troubling you, whatever has been tormenting you, whatever has been dogging you, whatever has been pressing you and pushing you down, the Lord sent this simple preacher today to give you a word. That can, that can release you. Amen. That can free you from those burdens. Woman, thou art loosed. And he lays hands on her. There's power in his touch. There's power in his touch. What you can't do in yourself, when he touches you, whoo, it gives you the ability. You say, that's spooky. Hey, call it whatever you want to call it. I call it supernatural. I call it God doing what God does best. He just said, no more, not after today. Not any longer in your life will this torment you like this. And the Lord has sent me to tell somebody today that he doesn't want what has troubled you and torn you down and ripped your self-esteem to shreds and mushed you into an inward position of constant introspection. 
God said, hey, I want to free you from that. I want to give you a new outlook on life. I want to give you a new vision. I want to give you a new opportunity. I want to turn your head and your eyes in a direction that will help you understand what I created you to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woman, thou art loosed. Hallelujah. Does anybody in that in the house, what, does there anybody here today want that kind of release in your spirit? You can have it. All it takes is just surrendering to his touch. All it takes is you just yielding. Uh, yeah, because when you yield to his touch, when he laid his hands on her, power overcame the pressure. Power overcame the pushing. Power overcame 18 years of depression. Power overcame 18 years of, of a torn up self-image. Power overcame 18 years of living in a debilitating situation. 18 years bound by this. And all of a sudden, I'm loosed now. I'm, he wants to free me. He wants to cut that tie. Hallelujah. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord right now. Open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, is it me? Oh, yeah, you know who I am, Lord. You know where I am. You know the person that I am. You know what I battle with. You know what I'm struggling with today. You know what I've come to church banging the baggage up from yesterday. Lord, you know what I'm dealing with in my own mind and spirit. You know the fear. You know the doubt. You know the worry. Oh, come on. Come on. Somebody... He wants to lift you up today. Love's come calling this morning. I said love has come calling this morning. He doesn't want you down. He doesn't want you pushed over. He doesn't want you in that position. Uh, come on. Yeah. Quit looking around at somebody else. You know if the Lord's talking to you, just step on out. Come down around the altar. God wants to do something supernatural. Something that only he can do. Not man, not what I can say, but there is a touch that can impart power into my life that will sever, that will cut every tie, that will cut every hole that the past has had over my life. And he gently lays his hand on me and he gently touches my spirit and immediately I know Oh, God, you have greater things in mind for me. You have greater things in store for my life. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're coming, lift up your hands and your voice to the Lord. God, you're going to sever that tie. You're going to cut loose. You're going to let me free today. You're going to give me a liberty. You're going to give me a pass today that's going to free me from all of that ugliness, all of that torment and trouble, all of those years of unhappiness, all of the years of misery and misfortune. God, in a moment's time, you can wipe the slate clean. In a moment's time, you can restore 
in a moment's time you can renew in a moment's time you can revive put me on my feet put me on my feet put me on my feet 18 years my life my life can change and my life will change hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah Oh God, let my mind be unbent today. Let my mind be unbent today, Lord. Let my mind be unbent today. Oh, hallelujah.